tune in to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Join America's leading relationship expert, top holistic life coach, and best-selling author, Dr. D. Yvonne Young, along with a diverse team of regular commentators, experts, and celebrity guests. Be entertained while being informed on the issues that affect you most. Don't miss it. Dr. D. Yvonne Young, providing you the tools you need to start living a profoundly extraordinary life. Good afternoon, America. Today is July the 9th. Man, I cannot believe that this month is going by so quick. Actually, that this year is going by so quick. There are things that just, for lack of a better choice of words, sometimes don't seem to make sense to us. And one of those things is when we have our heart run over like someone driving a train with a blindfold on. There's so much that we don't understand about human nature and so much that we don't understand about life. But the truth is, there's even more that we don't understand about ourselves. And when we don't understand these things that cause us to hurt and that cause us um, to actually regress in many ways, to go backwards, um, what do you do? I mean, how do you handle that? When is it the right time to acknowledge that you're hurting? When is it the right time to admit that um, to yourself that love just simply doesn't live here anymore? Well, in part one of the program, we talked about this subject and we addressed it in great detail. It was a uh, conversation that we received, I literally received hundreds of emails about and comments and a lot of thank you notes. So for those of you out there that took the time to say such kind things, thank you. But after all, the show isn't about me. It is about you. And if it is going to uh, do what we designed this program to do, it, it you're going to heal. You're not going to find yourself being robbed of um, all of the things we leave your life after you experience someone that's cheating on you, maybe they didn't cheat on you. Maybe they just woke up, and the next thing you know, you find yourself standing there going, well, you know, I just spent 15 years of my life with you. I gave you children. I had a life that I built around you, and now I don't have anything to show for it. All I have is anger and regret, you know, um, what do I do with that? Well, today, I'm going to actually get you through it. That's right. This is a situation that you will survive. It may not feel like it. For most of us, the last thing that we want to hear, especially when we're sitting there uh, lost in the abyss and thinking, you know, doggone it, what do I do with this? What do I do now? I mean, I've got... <laughs> I've, I've got 20 years of skin in this game. I've gone talk about ride or die, which, by the way, I just want to ask you, who in the hell came up with ride or die? If I was, <laughs> it's so funny. I use that term myself, but I just laugh, and I'm like, ride or die. 
do we have any other options? First of all, why do I have to ride somewhere with you where I may die? Anyway, forget it. But that's where you probably may be, how you may be feeling right now is I was all the way down. I gave up everything. And, and for a lot of people, especially women, you went through the process of sacrificing your entire life for your husband, for your children, for your family. Now you look up and the kids are getting ready to leave the house. If not, they're already gone. This investment that you've made in this family, you may even feel angry that you don't have anything to show for all this time that you put in. And I'm just going to be honest with you. It is so close to what people go through when death takes place. You know, last week, I mean, last week, last Sunday night, I said that when your relationship first ends, you are going to probably be in denial. You are more than likely going to sit, and, and I have this happen in my office, so don't feel alone if it's you, but, you know, people are sitting there, and the per, other person walked in and said, you know what, I'm done. It's a wrap, baked. I can't do this anymore. And you're sitting there boy, yeah, going, yeah, but... When people tell you that it's over, don't go, yeah, but, go, okay, and, you know, but, yeah, but, that but means that you are really in denial, and it's okay to be in denial. It's okay to be in shock. It's part of human nature. However, you may have to rationalize this in order to get through it. So that's what we're going to talk about today is getting through it. The first thing is the shock and denial does provide an emotional protection from being overwhelmed all at once, and it may last for weeks. However, the sooner that you come to grips with being in shock and denial and and allow yourself to go into pain, and let's say this, I understand that this pain can be excruciating, it can be unbearable. Who the hell wants to feel some pain? So what do you do? You try to escape it, right? You try to escape it by drinking a glass of wine, smoking a joint, going to church. I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, none of that stuff is good for you. And I, and even to go into church, if you get to a point where you are using spirituality or worse, religion, to hide from yourself. Another thing is when you seek help and someone tries to help you and they put you in a place where they're saying, okay, since you realize that you have been cycling this dysfunction. Now, here's some things that are going to help you, okay? The first one is when you get out of a relationship or the relationship ends, whether it's by you doing it voluntarily or involuntarily, there's some things I want you to consider. And write this down. Above all, you know if you listen to my programs, you follow anything that I do, all these networks and these magazines, I always tell you get a pen and keep it handy because I believe that knowledge is power. When people have a better understanding about self and they understand the idiosyncrasies associated with anything in life, especially transformation and transition, because uh, dealing with a breakup is just like dealing with the loss of a loved one, be it expected or unexpected. When it hits you, 
you're there. You are hurting. And, and for those of you that are hurting, the first thing I want you to do right now is, and I said this on last week's program, on Sunday night's program, write down five reasons why this relationship has been detrimental to your emotional, psychological, and God forbid, for some of you, even your physical well-being. Has this person been withdrawn for so long? Has your relationship, and I'm going to use a term one of my clients gave me, become an argument marathon that you spend more time uh, fussing and complaining about what's not right and talking about how miserable you are than you ever spend talking about the things that are going right in it? Write it down. Write down those five things. You know, we argue more than we make love uh, out of a seven-day week. We have one good day and six bad days. We have what the next week we have three bad days and uh, we have four bad days and three good days. Well, if you do the math, people, if 50% of the time your relationship sucks, 50% of the time you feel you're in this thing by yourself, 50% of the time you are looking in the driveway or pulling up to your own house and wondering, should I, do I even want to turn in the driveway? Or before you, when you look at your spouse, instead of getting butterflies, you get indigestion and acid reflux. Hey, you know, I'm just going to give you some logic. Would you get your behind on an airplane that had a 50% safety rate? <laughs> okay, I mean, would you? You know, let's say you are flying first class. Let's say you get in this plane and you get first class. You get to pre-board before everybody. The drinks are free. The seats are comfortable. But the issue is, what if the plane 50% of the time doesn't make it up into the sky and crashes into some fence or into the water at the end of the runway? What if half the time you had a great flight, but you're going to crash and burn and roll when you land? I want you to know this. I don't care what you call God, whether you call him Jesus, Yahweh, Buddha, Yeshua, whatever you, you know, God is God. I don't think he really, uh, he's off in the uh, titles, but God is God. He wants you to be happy. So for some of you, guilt and religious stuff is giving you the, the false belief that you cannot move on with your life. Well, I'm here to tell you. I wrote a best-selling book called Break Up, Don't Break Down. And in that book, I did some serious research. I mean, I'm, I, believe me, I put the pen to the pavement on it. And, you know, my background is quite simple. I did pre-med at University of Houston, which is a very traditional Western university, you know, with all of the prerequisite courses and on a consistent basis, I made the dean's list and what have you, received the vice chancellor's award for leadership, all of that. And then I also took the Eastern approach. I went to University of Sedona, which is controversial in itself, but it's one of the few legitimate schools that deals with metaphysics and spirituality and religion. And believe me, there are a lot of diploma mills out there that are fake, but that school is not one of them, I assure you of that. Um, but when I, when I looked at what I learned from both sides of the room and I looked at the condition, the human condition, you know, as homo sapiens, we are designed to be 
Uh, I hate to break us down to animals, but some of us do think and act like beasts. But the truth is we are animals that have a herd-like mentality, almost like any other mammal. We want to belong to a group. And then within that group, we have subgroups, and we want to pair off. There's another thing about our humanity is that in the brain, the, psych- the human pathology as well as the psychopathology of the human being, we develop things that cause us to have fight or flight responses. This is often associated with the limbic system, and the limbic system is where we get the foils, uh, fight, you know, fight, flight. Uh, feed and procreation. That was a joke. Some of you will get that in a minute. But the truth of it is, is that many of us are dealing now with, with retreating back to the, the amygdala, which is the emotional center of the brain, and the thymus, which kind of says, okay, should this just go to an auto response, or should we use the neocortex and process logically what's going on? Well, when you're hurting, you go back to default programming. You skip the hippocampus, which is where all of your long-term memory allegedly is stored, and which I don't believe that is. There's so much more to what we're doing and how we're doing things in our lives that we have to go way beyond what we have gotten used to and accept where we are right now. And where we are right now is in a very, very unique and a very different place. And this is what I mean by that. Panic sets in when we get into a state or a condition that is lost, where we really don't know what we're doing, how we're doing it, why we're doing it, and as a result of this stuff, we have to move ourselves beyond the moment, uh, a minute, and think into the moment and realize that, you know what, this is a season. Do I allow my emotions, do I allow my fears, do I allow these things to hijack me and to hijack me in such a way that I end up being robbed, being bastardized from being happy and having the things that I want for my life because someone else or maybe it's even you, has come to this unique conclusion that uh, we have some issues going, that we have some situations before us, that we are, have locked ourselves out of circumstances or the situation that we are calling happiness, that we are calling love. Well, being honest, it doesn't have to turn out like that, folks. It really does not have to turn out like that. And for us to fix this, we don't have to have ourselves locked into a situation where we are uh, bastardized from what is our reality and and what has been for many of us all that we know in our adult lives. Now, you say, Doc, that's easier said than done. Well, in those stages of grief, um, 
I talked about the next stage was bargaining and being angry. And sometimes we want to revisit the situation with this ex that we are still dealing with. We want to um, revisit or try to make sense of a situation that has run amok. You can't. You cannot unstrike a match. You cannot get someone else to give you the time back that you've invested in a relationship. With that said, doesn't it only make sense then to start doing what it takes to move forward? And that's exactly what this show is about today. After this relationship ends or is ending, because some of you are in an ending process right now, you feel okay. You know, you have your moments until your ex, soon-to-be ex or ex, has someone new in their lives. You're okay until you have to bump into a mutual friend of you and your ex or you get a piece of mail that has your ex's name on it and you sit there and you go, okay, damn, you know, and now all of a sudden nobody knows it because you got your game face on. And for many of us, we are very good at putting on the Ritz. We keep that facade going, and we we get in this place where it is, you know, damned if I do, damned if I don't. And And then we get the peanut gallery in our ear telling us, well, girl, you know, We've been, me and Jimmy been married 15 years. Jimmy's an ass. No, but you don't even like Jimmy. And you're going to actually listen to this woman where you've watched her basically uh, just be this caricature, and that's who you're going to take advice from. I mean, really, or the other, yeah, well, you know, Mama was with Daddy 20 years. Mama didn't have no choice. She didn't have any skills. Mama had seven kids. This is not 19-whatever-the-year-you-grew-up-in is. It's not the same. This is your life, and you cannot have what worked in other people's life be what you use to try to resolve the issues in your life. As a matter of fact, what is one of the most damaging things for many people is being victimized by attempting to use someone else's a measuring stick to determine the length and breadth of what's going on with you. It is not wise. It is a waste of your time. And I'm going to tell you, to be honest, it's kind of like prescriptions. You know where it um, folks will give you drugs that the doctor wrote to them? What does the bottle say? What does the pharmacist tell you? What does your doctor tell you? Well, in case you're stuck on stupid right now, I'm going to tell you, you cannot take other people's prescriptions. Your life is tailor-made and is suited to fit one person, and that person whom it's suited to fit is you. You cannot expect other folk to understand fully what you are dealing with. And that's why I tell people, you know, go to me. Go to someone, you know, I don't care whether, you know, there's some people that they say, well, I don't want a coach. I want a psychotherapist. I don't want a psychotherapist. I want to go talk to my pastor. Well, I don't care. Go talk to somebody, but I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to warn you. Talk to someone, and here are the questions that you need to ask prior to seeking counseling. 
Ask them, what is your academic background? Ask them, you know, what is your philosophy on relationships, love, and life? Do, you know, in my background, you know, an and undergrad uh, at University of Houston, you know, my whole thing was neuropsychology and, and physiological psychology. So, you know, I understand about the epistemological development of the mind and behavior and when, what have you, but I also at latter years decided, well, you know, the Western way of viewing things sucks because our country, as arrogant as we Americans are, and I can just hear my my listeners down in the and uh, uh, Australia and the Virgin Islands and the Caribbean saying, you're right, you Americans are crazy, especially our uh, people, Middle Eastern listeners. But the truth is uh, that we don't know it all. And East does need to meet West, especially as it comes to approaching the human condition. You know, uh, when we look at things, we live in a very bastardized, hypocritical society we think our way is the only way, and often these Anglo-centric, and I please all my Anglo listeners, I'm not being racist or biased. I'm just being real. We live in a culture that is built around the white male ego, and it is just now trying to dislodge itself. And, and I'm saying there's nothing wrong with a white male ego, especially when it's a healthy ego. So let's not... For those of you that are shallow-minded, take it there. But, you know, the truth is this culture is a bunch of bull. We tell our women we want you to dress like a lady, but do we look at the chick that's got everything covered up? No, we don't. We like looking at butts and we like curves and all of this. So now you're going through this breakup. You're going through this uh, stage of your life that's critical can you really afford to have someone telling you, uh, as, as a matter of fact, one of my clients is going through a, a divorce and custody thing. They've been divorced, and they're still in court over custody. And the judge is a jerk. He is a middle-aged, uh, past middle-aged man, and he thinks that women should stay home with their baby and do what the man says. And I'm not knocking a stay-at-home mom because that's a 24-hour job and you don't get holidays and you're probably underpaid. But the truth is, for the other 80% of women that cannot afford, who would like to stay at home but can't afford to, does that mean that all of a sudden now that this woman is wrong because she had to leave the younger children with a 15-year-old? I mean, really? Really? And this is some of the guilt stuff that women are dealing with while going through a breakup. Well, girlfriend, here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to give you some techniques, one, for you to get past this breakup. I'm going to tell you how to occupy your time, and also I'm going to give you the tools you need to just start getting your life back together. First thing. If you go get help, get the right kind of help for you, you know, and, and make sure that when you ask someone, well, tell me the steps you're going to take me through. You know, often I can see the train wreck coming a mile off with my clients, and I'll tell them, well, what do you do? Well, I just, I'm at home. Okay, well, what else do you do? 
And I would tell someone, well, what gifts do you have? Because, you know, scripturally, and, and it's, up, it's true, your gifts will make room for you. Your talents will bring you before great men. So what is it that God gave you that you have put on the shelf while you've been wife and mother for 15 or 20 years? Let's look at it. Let's dust that off. And before you jump out there, only a fool, ladies, gentlemen, begins a journey without first assessing the cost. So then look at getting up to par because your degree may be 10 years old. It may be 20 years old. So let's look at how can you apply what you learn today? What's the playing field like? You know, what is the technology piece that goes with it? What is the economic piece that goes with it, right? And after we examine that, look at your resources. For some people, you got a million bucks over here. Okay, find a way. Take 100, take 10% is what I'll say. Take 10% of that money and apply it to your gift and, and find a way that your gift can be a blessing to other people, okay? Now, let's say you are not in that situation. Let's say you're the average person. And you don't have that. As a matter of fact, you got more debt than you have assets. Well, you start with what you got. You look at what who do I who do I know? And this is after you've done your homework about you know reacquiring the control over your life, right? After you've done that homework, where where do you go from here? Well, for some, it's go to the junior college and get enrolled. Okay, Dr. Young, I don't have any damn money. Yes, you do, girlfriend. Yes, you do, homie. There, it's called Pell Grant Student Loans. You know, there's funding out there for you. Well, Dr. Young, I got kids. There's also daycare at many universities. And because, you know, I know at University of Houston, uh, we had a lab which, if, I mean, it was a waiting list to get your kid in, but favor's not fair. Have you ever stopped to think if you keep thinking what won't go your way and start thinking what could go your way, you know, you will attract opportunities to you if you quit thinking so doggone negative, right? But get the foundation set to rebuild your life with what you have to work with, what's in your toolbox you may not even have looked in it in so long, and it's probably more there than you know. There are people that believe in you. You just probably don't know it because you stop believing in you, and you figure, if I don't believe in me, why should somebody else? If that just hits you, just look straight ahead, play like I'm talking about something else, and do a quick Wilma Flintstone laugh, and won't nobody know that I just stepped on your toe. But the truth is, there are people that believe in you more than you do. You have gifts and talents that you probably have put on the shelf because you've been changing diapers, because you've been taking care of this woman and going to work, and you've forgotten, you know what, you are a good man. This woman has taken for granted the lifestyle you've provided, and she's been running up your doggone credit cards on red-bottom shoes. Brother, there's some good women out there. Matter of fact, they're listening to this program right now. Ladies, there's some good men out there. Hell, I'm a good man. And did I have to grow up? Of course I did. So allow yourself to be a person that, that 
first, stop hating you were married. Stop hating you got engaged. Stop hating you were living with this person. It was a season in your life. All relationships, I don't care how good or bad, will come to an end. I promise you they will all come to an end. They're either going to end in life or death. It may be that you love each other to death, and one day one of you wakes up dead. And then for others, you've just been holding on to this damn train wreck because you don't want to give up your comfortable lifestyle. You don't want to stop driving your Mercedes or your Range Rover or your Bentley. You don't want to go and get a job because going to the country club and sitting on your butt was what you do. Well, hey, the rest of us have to work for a living, so maybe it's time that you grow up. I am part of the reason your relationship probably sucks is you have built your life around somebody else, and when they don't make you happy, you're not happy. You can't even fathom uh, having any control over your life, and why can't you fathom it? Because you've given up the control, and when you give up the control, how in the hell do you expect that to work for you? I mean, seriously. Think about that for a minute. You allow someone else to make all the decisions, and like a little child, and, and I'm, if I'm stepping on your toes, I'm sorry, but let's be honest. When someone can tell you how much you can spend, where you can go, and I'm not saying that uh, we shouldn't be budget-minded. I'm not saying we shouldn't have some conservatorship or some judiciary aspects to how money is appropriated and spent, but he who has the goal makes the rules. And one of the biggest things this new season of your life is going to bring with it is responsibility. Isn't it time that you grow up and take responsibility for your own life? Well, as a matter of fact, here's what I'm going to do. So I know somebody out there may be having some issues with uh, this, so you can call in at 646 going to My first priority is to get through this laundry list because I know someone really needs to help and needs to know how do I stop hurting and how do I move forward. So we're going to listen to a song by a good friend of mine, Miss Melba Moore, and it's called What Can I Do to Survive? We are going to check that out, and we'll be right back with the program. You're listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Devon
That was Elvermore, and what can I do to survive? Well, the answer to that question today is you can do a whole lot to survive. You are not stuck in, uh, in that quagmire. As a matter of fact, it hurts me to know that you're hurting, and I'm going to tell you why. Everyone that contacts me or walks in my office, I understand how they feel to, in more ways they, than they probably imagine. I've been the guy. I buried. I'm an only child. I buried my mother and father. Uh, I'm divorced. I know what it's like to be cheated on. I know what it's like to be lied to. I know what. And then I'm not going to play like I'm, you know, Mr. Sweet Willie over here. I have done. Uh, I. Um, I've done some of this stupid stuff myself. I have made these mistakes myself. Um, you know, there are times in our lives that we have to, um, how, how can I say this? We, we have a way of moving past things, and it's typically through this thing called denial. Um, if you want to move forward, move forward and, and actually redo life, it is possible. It is possible that you can actually survive this. Now, how do we do it? Well, let's start right here. As you go through the, the stress and strain and, and asking yourself, what do I do now? Can I make it through this? And one minute you're up, the one next minute you're down. The next minute... Uh, your kid comes home talking to you about daddy or mommy's new boyfriend. You you can't find a job as easily as you thought. The attorney fees are costing you most of the money that you thought you were going to get. You got to take control of your thoughts. Now, Dr. D, how in the hell do I do that? Well, first I'm going to tell you, dear one, it's a lot. It's not simple. So anybody that tells you you can click your heels together three times and you're in Kansas, this is not the doggone Wizard of Oz. This is your life. And, but here's what you can do. The first one, again, get that pen and paper out. You've heard me say mental mapping on several programs. I want you to take record of what you are thinking every hour. And I'm not saying, okay, I need to go pick up some butter, let me wash my toes. No, I don't mean that. I mean, what thought is dominating your mental and emotional landscape to such a degree, um, you know, that you just can't shake it? What is it that's happening with you that has um, prohibited you from moving forward because you keep having this thought come through your head. Now, for some of you, it's, okay, how is this going to affect my children? Let me tell you something. Children are resilient. You don't have to worry about the kids. You, as a matter of fact, how you act affects how they act. So if you're running around here moping, got on the same draws two or three days in a row, and they and your your three year old is going, Mama, you stink, Daddy, you smell funny. Well, that might have something to do with the reason why your child is being affected. Or if your 
teenager, all they hear you doing is cussing and acting a damn fool. Now your kid is in school fighting. Their grades are failing. It's probably because you're tripping. Are you talking about your ex or soon to be ex in front of your children? You know your mama ain't blank. You know your daddy ain't well. Come on now, really, is that helping anything? So a lot of taking control of your thoughts is monitoring your thoughts. So write down today, every hour while you're awake. I didn't say wake up and write down what you're dreaming, but if you're having some weird dreams, you might want to write that down too. But write down every hour what thought or thoughts is dominating your mental landscape, okay? The second thing is draw a little dash and write, how is it affecting me? So an example would be, let's say I'm tracking myself today to July 9th between 12 noon and 1, and my first thought is I thought about what, and and I'm not going through this, so I'm going to make up a name. So if you know somebody that's listening to this program or that knows me and I said his name, do not connect me with this person uh, okay, I'm going to really use a crazy name, Miss Rumpelstiltskin. You know damn well I'm not dealing with nobody named Miss Rumpelstiltskin. I think about Miss Rumpelstiltskin, and I wonder where is she. Then the next thing is I think about Miss Rumpelstiltskin did to me, all right? That was my dominating thought. So now at 1 o'clock, I'm thinking about Miss Rumpelstiltskin cheated on me with blank, and Miss Rumpelstiltskin uh, in asking my calls, and I just text her ten times. Oh, by the way, while we're talking about intrusive thoughts, if you are texting somebody these miniature books where your damn fingers have started hurting, something is wrong with you. Quit texting, folks. Quit reading old emails, looking through old pictures. Let it go. Because part of the reason why your thoughts are going, uh, you know, some of the uh, things that you're just hanging on to are your own doing. You cannot – let's look at it another way before I even use that example. What happens when you lift weights? If I keep curling a dumbbell, what is going to happen to my bicep? It's naturally going to get bigger. And that's how thoughts work. Whatever you keep giving your attention to, it only gets bigger. Hopefully that makes sense to you. Or another example, anything you overuse sooner or later is going to cause you some type of damage. So if you overuse your hands typing, you get carpal tunnel syndrome. Some of you are getting carpal tunnel from texting, or you probably will. But the truth of it is, if you find yourself constantly revisiting the same thoughts, reenacting the same behaviors, you just got through smoking a joint, now you don't roll another one. You just smoked a cigarette, now you're smoking another one. You just uh, got through eating. Now you eat, you're eating some more. It is no secret that these things are probably taking your life down the wrong path. And if they're taking your life down this path, you have to ask yourself, what is it that I can do right now to take control back over my life? What can I do right now to stop having these things bother me? Well, 
You know I got an answer for that one too, right? But let's start by doing the mental map because how can we fix something? How can we stop something when we do not know what that something is? That's it. Now, the next deal, and I caution you to pay close attention to this. Write this down. Distraction is your best friend but pick your friends carefully. I'm going to say it again. Distraction is your best friend, but choose your friends carefully. Now, what does that mean? Some people figure, girl, go get out the house. And that's some good advice. Get your butt up, go brush your teeth and do something to your head and get out the house, right? But this person is telling you to get out the house. Look at their lifestyle before you go running around with them. Because if Shaniqua, uh, your sorority sister that's also a Delta or whatever, if they get you out the house and they are always out the house, all the doggone time they're at the club, two or three, or at the bar, I don't care. This is That's not a good look. Now, is it okay to go to have happy hour? Of course it is. Not every damn day. But, you know, to get dressed and feel good about yourself, of course that's a good thing. My suggestion is do things that don't involve getting drunk. <laughs> do things that don't involve you with your panties or your boxes on the floor with somebody that you just met. So what can you do that, you know, and, and I know some of us are on budgets, so what can you do? Here's what you can do. Museums in every major city in America have days that you can go for free. Every university has a, well, not every, I'm lying. Most universities have a theatrical arts department or a music department where you can go and hear some chamber music, go see a great play, and the cost is like maybe 10 bucks at the most. And I'm talking about it. I know it, it's 10 bucks. At, at U of H, I know that at Harvard, it's like 10 or 15 bucks. But you can go see some wonderful actors who later will probably be uh, big stars while they're still young. You can go and see great entertainment for a little bit of money. Another thing is while you've been sitting around eating all that ice cream and sandwiches, getting mad and gaining weight, let's do something about it like go exercise, which makes you feel good about yourself. Go and do some things, and I don't care what part of the country you are in or what, uh, you know, if you're on the islands, you guys got the ocean, you lucky rascals, you, and you have all this tropical stuff. But for those of you that live on the mainland, there are, if you're in a mountainous region, you know, go take a hike. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If it says beware of mountain lions, you might not want to go do that in the morning or evening because, you know, they may look at you as like a snack. But go and enjoy what is proximal to your environment. For some of you, you live in a coastal city, so you can drive and go watch all – no, I'm just kidding. You can drive and go to the beach and, uh, and park on the beach. And, and I'm going to tell you, if it's a safe beach, one of the things that I do on a frequent basis – is uh, Houston uh, is where I'm primarily based out of. I will drive down to Galveston and or Freeport in the evening at sunset, and there are beaches where I can go. There's no lights, and you can see almost every star in the sky. 
Now, I know you guys in the Middle East that are listening and the ones on the islands, you can see the stars every night, not in, a, in major cities. You can't because of the, um, you know, the ambivalent light, ambivalent light that's coming off of buildings and street poles. But if you go down there, just look up at the stars and realize that, you know what, this world is a lot bigger than my little world that I'm living in day to day. If you don't live near a beach and you don't live near mountains, there are nice meadows and, you know, national parks that you can go and enter for $5. And you can just get out and walk, and they have activities that are relatively low cost. Your own city, wherever you are, has probably a great park to go read. And some of you haven't read a book since you were in the fifth grade, so it probably do you some good because there's a lot of good stuff out there. There's Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer Instinct, T.D. Jakes, uh, another chance that I wrote. If you really want to get over this breakup and do it effectively, get my book, Break Up, Don't Break Down. Now, all of these things I'm saying that you can do will provide a healthy distraction, a distraction that if you occupy your brain and your time with things that nurture you, with things that allow you to become one with self and that will allow you to be more self-actualized, you know, that is going to move you toward wholeness and it's going to help you get your life back. Because let's be honest. How can you live and create a future if you are living and holding on to the past? Put another way, present creates the future. And if your present is being uh, abducted by the past, you won't have a future other than what your past has given you. When people tell you, and ladies, This is especially true when we're talking about men. Anytime you are dealing with a man and that man stops hugging you, he doesn't hold your hand, he doesn't kiss you, the first step is tell him, look, you can't treat me like this. And, fellas, I'm going to tell you, if you've been paying the bills and, and being a good father and taking care of everything, you pull that woman to the side and say, now, look, I may be a blue-collar worker, but, baby girl, I clean up kind of good. And, ladies, the way that you got him, and this applies to you too, fellas, in this next relationship that you're getting ready to be blessed with, yeah, remember what you did to get him. So here's the next thing I'm going to give you. Let's Don't wait on some television show to do a makeover. Give yourself a makeover. Now, here we go. I know what you're probably saying. Dr. D, I can't afford to do that, man. I don't have all this money. You know, I can't afford to come see you. you okay, your test is $50 a person. First session is 215 I don't have $300 to come see you, Dr. D. Or I can come see you and, and get a good snapshot of who I am, but I can't afford the program. So let me give you some ways that you can do this. And, and start moving forward without if you don't have the money. You go and look up beauty and barber colleges. You can go and get your hair done. 
You can go and get your uh, fingernails done. If you're a lady, fellas, you can go get a shave and a cut. Just tell them, I don't want some rookie student screwing up my hair. So would you give me your best student? Because chances are that person was doing hair a long time before they finally had the sense to realize they could make more by getting a license. But you can go and get your hair done, colored, dyed, cut, whatever fried, you know, whatever it is you want to do, under $20, okay? Maybe $10 if it's just a haircut or something simple. Second thing, you can go and go to a retail shop and get your wardrobe together. So let's say you don't have Neiman Marcus money. Uh, poor people and folks, that don't, they don't take crap at most retail shops. So the stuff that you're buying is for more than likely, especially if it's some of the people, some of my homegirls, they have clothes with a tag still on them that they haven't even worn that they go and take to a resale shop because they just don't have any more damn room in their closet. Believe me, it's like that. So you can probably pick up some pieces for $0.10 cents on the dollar and get for 25 bucks get you a nice couple of outfits and feel good about yourself. The other thing that you can do for free is exercise. Just walk, get your body back together. See, all of these things prepare you for your future. Now, the biggest thing, this uh, be number four if you're keeping a list, hold on to your hope. What does that mean? Well, when you found that last person you spent five, ten years, a year with, 20 years, just like that happened when you didn't expect it, so will something else now. You know, seasons change. Go with the flow. This is a new season in your life. Embrace it and allow it to change you. Go with the flow. A lot of what's been going on with you is the universe, you know, it's God's way of saying, I got something better for you. So let it go, man. Keep this. And then this is the biggest, too. I'm going to give you more than five things, get you a couple of bonus things in here. The next one, maintain a perspective on yourself. Go look in the mirror nude. For some of you, it may scare you, but okay, you'll get over it. That will let you know that you need to work on those at that extra chin you got, that extra bit of booty you got, whatever. But go and get a perspective about where you really are because, let's be honest, breakups are two people's faults. And, and, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes you have done all your stuff right and you got cheated on. But even in that dynamic, I want you to ask yourself, all right, how do I look? Have I gone and instead of getting waxed and keeping my pubic hair trimmed, it looks like I got a Don King in my panties or something? Or, fellas, come on, look at yourself now. You, When's the last time you put on a suit and wore some clothes that were currently in style? Okay, let's just be honest. Let's get some perspective about who we are and who we aren't. Let's stop blaming everyone else. Well, you should have told me. No, you should have stopped being so damn blind. Nobody should have told you anything. Grow your butt up and quit blaming everybody else for your current condition. If anything, thank God that you finally woke up and realized that I deserve better. Seriously, stop blaming other people for what you 
have been in control of from day one. You allowed that relationship to get like that, and like I told you earlier, what did I say? I said write down the logical stuff that has caused this thing to end to begin with and keep keep it. So that way when you get a little text from Pookie or, you know, when Carol has her attorney or her girlfriend saying, well, you know, you ought to try to talk to Carol. No, you the hell you shouldn't leave Carol alone. Carol's ass is crazy. Don't call Carol. Don't don't reply to his text. You know, I, I would hope that those of you with children in a civil way around your child, you tell your friends, don't talk about my child's daddy in front of them, or don't talk about their mother. Because you got to remember something. If that kid's other parent is a jerk, be it a male jerk or female jerk, they'll find out in time. You don't have to be the one to tell them. And tell your friends to watch, and especially if you have living parents or aunts and uncles, tell them do not talk about the issues in your relationship because kids hear stuff, and, you know, especially what we think about when we had a little three- or four-year-old in the backseat is they're not listening to hell, they're not listening, and they understand more than you think, and they may not be able to cross the T's and dot the I's, but you're still laying some stuff in a kid's head that is not right, and you need to take your grown butt and act like an adult, okay? I just threw that in for free. But here's that other thing. Your pain, and that's what we're going to call it, your pain underscores the fact that you are still processing this quote-unquote relationship, this quote-unquote breakup. You're still processing your emotions and your feelings as well as your options, and that's okay. What I want you to do is see this time as valuable. See this time as painful as it can be. See this time as a season in which you become wiser and better. And get prepared not to repeat your mistakes or try new ways Start trying and embracing new ways of living. Start trying and embracing the reality of your life, the new reality. There's nothing wrong. I didn't say being a single parent is easy. There's nothing wrong with it. You'll be okay. There's nothing wrong if you have to Start over. And for some of you, I suggest you move to a new city. Really start over for real. For real this time. Get out that neighborhood. Get out that house. Sell it. Hell, you've been in it 20 years. Sell that doggone house. Well, my memories are here. Well, do you want to create some new stuff? Do you really want to be laying up in a bed and sitting in a jacuzzi with this guy when you used to lay up in that same bed with your ex, I mean, that's just nasty, to be honest with you. The same pillars your ex laid their head on, you want your new lover to lay their head on? Really? That's trifling. At least go buy some new pillars, please. Get some new sheets. Throw out all that lingerie and buy you some new sets. In other words, instead of running from this process, allow it to bring out the best in you. Allow it to make you more than what you are. 
Now, one thing, I just got a note from my producer. Uh, they had a technical issue in recording today's show, so it's only going to record the first 15 minutes, I think, is what, they, what happened. So here's what I'm going to do. If you send an email to uh, info at drdevonyoung.com, I will send you a copy of Breakup, Don't Break Down, to the first five people that do that. It will be a copy. And in addition, if you write in there, uh, I was listening to the show, and let's say it's a friend of yours that's going through the issue. You write in there, and I want to give my friend a free 15-minute consultation with you. <laughs> Go ahead and do it. And, I, you know, that's just because of the technical glitch. I do not want you guys miss. I can just, I know my manager, Christina, is going, no, he didn't just do that. Look, Christina, you know, I love, I love the fans. What can I say? The last couple of things that I want you to do. Go to Facebook page, hit the like button. But it's not Dr. D. Yvonne Young on Facebook. It's just for you folks that don't know that Yvonne is spelled like Ivan, but it's pronounced Yvonne. Go D, like the letter D, space I-V-A-N, space Y-O-U-N-G on Facebook. Hit the like button on the author page or hit the follow button on the, on the personal page. And last but not least, you're not alone. This is not the end of your life. If anything, it's the beginning. You know how we say, if I only knew then what I know now. Well, I got some good news for you. Right now is your then. Right now, you are young as you will ever be and older than you've ever been. I'll say that again. Right now, you're as young as you will ever be again. And you're older and wiser than you've ever been. With that stated, you can make it and you will make it. You are a hell of a lot stronger than you think. Anyway, I love you madly. Have an awesome week. Atlanta, I will see you in 48 hours. And a shout-out to Steve Drayton. I look forward to filming with Melba Moore and Rodney Perry and all those folks in this movie this weekend. So uh, I want to tell you guys I love you madly. Have a great day. You've been listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. <laughs> 